little loud. It's going to get louder. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rangers Today Baseball Podcast. Normally, this would be episode number 105, but today, this is episode one of the Rangers Today Baseball Podcast Roadshow. Give us a round of applause, guys. We're out here in Hoppenstein. Listen to that crowd. We've had a lot of people come out here. This is fantastic. We're in Hoppenstein Brewery in Grapevine, Texas. Grapevine. Yep. Guys, again, take care of the guys there. Vaqueros is out there making some good barbecue. It's very good. But that's not who these people want to see. So we've got some special guests that are going to join us. It get, never gets old saying this, and I love to say that. Before we do it, though, we gotta, i got to touch yeah. on something you wrote today. Oh, boy. Okay, I have been adamant for anybody that follows me that I did not think Wyatt Langford would have a chance to make this team out of spring training. You brought up an interesting point. That point was that the Rangers, there's an incentive if they have a guy that makes it out of spring training and ends up winning work of the year, they get another first-round draft pick. That's right. That's right. So tell them about that. Yeah, it, it, it was in the last CBA uh, to keep teams from manipulating. The Chris Bryant rule. Yeah, the Chris Bryant rule, exactly, from manipulating a, a player's service time. You know, if, if they had kept him out the first, let's say, 20 days, I don't know the exact number, you would not have a full year of service time that year. It, it, you know, they did it, the Angels did it with Mike Trout. The Cubs infamously did it with Chris Bryant. And so part of the CBA was don't screw these kids over. And and so teams needed an incentive. And it's worked out great for the Mariners and the, and the Orioles the last two years because Julio Rodriguez won the Rookie of the Year in 2022. And, and uh, uh, what's his name? Gunnar Henderson uh, won Rookie of the Year last year for the Orioles. Um, and so they get draft picks. Uh, I think the I think the Mariners had like twenty eight th- this year. It's somewhere around the thirty mark. So this, you know, you know how much uh, young talent is coveted, how much it's valued by other clubs, and so uh, it, it's it's a big deal. And the Rangers could have two shots. Yeah, they've got Evan Carter along with uh, they got Evan Carter along with uh, White Langford. That's right. So they they got a they got they could go. Two for one, you know, and try to try to improve their chances. But uh, I don't know if he makes it or not. He's going to get a shot. He's going to be in big league camp, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what he's got. He was unbelievable at four levels uh, in the minors this year. Only had nineteen AAA at bats. I don't know if that bothers anybody. It kind of bothers me. So okay, let's get him out here, guys. First right. guys that are going to join us out here. He is the pitching coach. For the World Series Texas Rangers, please welcome Mr. Mike Maddox. <laughs> and also joining us tonight, he is one of the fan favorites. He's been a fan favorite for years. He pitched on the 2010-2011 Texas Rangers. He's excited right now because the University of Michigan are the national champions. Give it up for Dutch, for Derek Holland. Do we all have to wear these? All right. You can hear better on the questions. You don't have to if you don't want to. Don't worry about it. Can you guys hear us okay? Yeah, I hear you fine. Your foot up. We're all tied up. What's your offseason been like, Mike, as a, as a first-time world champion? I, don't, I think a lot of people are surprised that you'd never won a World Series. Well, I hate to ruin that surprise, but, um, yeah, it was great. And, uh, you know, what was really great about winning the championship for the first time. It happened in the Texas Ranger uniform. And great for the city, great for everything. 
<laughs> Offseason been good, though. Offseason been good. When do you head out? Um, Valentine's Day is going to be day one, so two days before that. You're going to head out? Okay. How many yeah. Valentine's Days in your career have you missed? A lot. <laughs> Most of them, I would say. I think the only time that my wife and I ever celebrated Valentine's Day was uh, if we got locked out. Oh. But usually that's kind of right around day one. All right. Uh, it, it's been a quiet off season, but talk about the, the guys who the Rangers have acquired. Tyler Malley, who is hurt. Yeah. Tyler Malley, Tommy John guy, um, kind of joins the popular crowd with uh, Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom as far as uh, guys we look for later in the year. We um, signed Kirby Yates, closer, uh, had a really good year in 19 with the Padres, and he's going to shore up the back end of the pen. So he had his rehab year last year with the Braves, did quite well, and he's going to join us this year. And him and uh, LeClerc probably hold down the back end of that game. So we, we had uh, Cody Bradford on last week, and uh, as things stand right now, it looks like he's going to be in the rotation. What you, I know you really like Cody. What is it, though, that you, you like about the guy? A uh, young man, um, mature above his, uh, his experience, but does his homework. Um, he doesn't rely on uh, the catcher to call the game. He goes out there and takes matters into his own hands with his own advanced scouting and very accountable for what he does. I think that's what separates him from uh, other young players. He, he said that when he took the mound in Baltimore in what game, game two, that he, he, it, he wasn't nervous. He was totally calm. I guess that goes to what you were talking about. If you're prepared, you're able to stay calm. If you're unprepared, you get nervous as all get out and like you're in a swarm of bees. But he, uh, he knows what he's doing. He has confidence in himself. And if you're prepared, that puts you at ease, and that's what he was. So these Rangers guys, these guys threw an extra month. How much are you guarded against that or factoring that into as you go into 2024? You know what? Um, I think guys have their routines, and rest is just as important as working out. So I just think that their rest was probably shorter. I think everybody started to hit the go button on working out at the same time. So I don't see any uh, reason that we just don't go status quo when we start up on Valentine's Day. When do you? When do you? When a guy sign a new guy sign? When do you first make contact immediately? A pitcher? I mean, were you within a day you've made contact and you're talking to him? Like Mally, seeing where he's at within a day, you're talking to him? You know, I, I saw him about 20 minutes after his press conference when we announced him. Um, Kirby Yates called him that day. So usually it's, it's right away. You know, they immediately get him with you. Yeah, I just touch base and exchange phone numbers. And Do they talk to Lexi over here about her little... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah they, they want to know what their numbers are. You know, <laughs> If y'all haven't read that story that Jeff wrote about his daughter, it's amazing. The little program she does, she's predicting Cy Young winners. I don't understand it because it's math. And I can't do math. Ask my wife. She knows I can't do why. Yep. It's a, a gift of numbers, and um, if you use in the right way, you never know what you're going to figure out. But um, she could explain it a lot better than I can, so I'm not even going to bluff it. But uh, <laughs> both my daughters are here, so it's great to see them, Michaela and Lexi. Yes. Derek, I got to ask you, so you're coming back yourself from Tommy John surgery. You. So where are you at in the process? Is it working? Just talk. <clears throat> yeah. I am. Uh -huh. Um, where am I? I am, I'm throwing right now. I'm at 70 feet. Um, 
I mean, it's just been a, a long process. It's just something I got to trust. It's the first time I've ever done it. Um, and for me, I think it's going to help me when it comes to time where, where you know, when I get to, to the point of where I'm going to be coaching or something like that, I'll at least understand a lot more of it now that I'm going through the process. Uh, but it's still, you know, I kind of want to see what this thing can do now. I've got a new arm. You know, I want to see what got beer coming. Uh, you know, I just want to see what it can do. You know, that's the main thing. But at the same time, I've, I've learned so much from him that I want to be able to pass that same knowledge on to the next guys. So, you know, I go and do stuff with the college kids and all that. And I pass the, it's literally, it's funny. He says it every time when we do pitchers meetings and everything, you know, this, it's the same thing over and over, but it's the same thing for a reason because it's actually, it's the process. It's how it works. It's how you get people out. It's just common sense, I guess is the way to put it. And he teaches it to us all, even though we're adults, we, you know, we do our own homework. He's showing you the way. And now I want to be able to show other people the way. So, so what's your first meeting going to be like as a pitching coach? What are you going to tell them? Uh, it's a little guy. I treat him like a big guy. Uh, <laughs> fastballs down the way, you know, the, the common sense, things like that. It's, it's just more of the scouting, you know, teaching these guys how to look at hitters, what to look for, how they're standing at the plate, just the approaches that these guys are trying to make. I want to be able to pass that on to these guys. And the big thing is just being on the attack. That's the number one thing. So this, this season has been amazing for you as far as your other sports teams. Yeah. I mean, you're a huge Michigan. Anybody follow Derek on social media? <laughs> Certainly you follow him on Twitter. Oh, I'm my, a big UT fan. I was hoping we were going to play each other. I thought that would have been a great game, although you would have probably kicked the hell out of us the way you kicked. But how exciting was that? Is this the first time you've seen Michigan since you were – God, the last time they won, were you alive? Yeah, oh yeah, it was '97. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not that old or young, um, but it was it was the first time I've seen it live. That was the most important thing to me is being able to see those. And I interact with Harbaugh quite a bit. I've gone up there, thrown the football with him. He's actually let me take a couple snaps with the team. So like, I have a relationship with those guys that are up there. And seeing you know JJ and and Blake Corum, like I'm around those guys. I see them every year, and to see you know the work that they've put in, and then to get to get the national title is huge. And then also for me, it's always been, well, Michigan sucks. They can't do this. They can't handle the big game. And it, it showed the past two years, they couldn't, they right. didn't get the job done. You know, we took TCU too light. We, we were looking yep. ahead to Georgia because we, <laughs> because we won in Georgia again. We, right. And that's the thing. Like it, you, you can't look ahead. And right. that's what I think Harbaugh's message this year was, was don't look ahead. Let's focus on now. And sure enough, they went and they took care of business. So it was, it was cool. And it was emotional for me. Cause like, I got to watch the Rangers win the World Series, and I celebrated with the fans, which was one of the coolest things I've ever done. Yeah, that's a great video. I've seen that. And then on top of that, then I go and I watch Michigan win. I was hoping the Browns would have done it a little bit better, but then, you know that's how it is. But and then I got the Cowboys—you jumped on that bandwagon. Uh, well, I'm not really. I, I live here. I'm not a Cowboy. It's <laughs> hey, every year is our year. I get it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but so who no, are we rooting for cool. now? I mean, I'm I'm off the. Uh, I just kind of want to watch. How about Lamar. Detroit? You're a Michigan. You like? Yeah, you're but from I, Ohio. I, I though, like but... this story, but I, I like I like watching the Ravens. It's in our division. It represents us. Like that's how I would see it. That's that's just how I am. So you you are from Ohio. So how do you hate Ohio State but like the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> it's wild. Um, you stumped him. No, no. It's it's. I'm trying to think of how I can say it without being. Uh, too bad, but do it. No, I can't do that. It's, uh, you know, growing up, my brother was who I looked up to. He was a Michigan fan. Yeah. As I got older, I actually understood the rivalry. I started falling in love with different guys. Tim Biakopatuko was one of my favorite running backs I ever got to watch. John Navarre, like those guys were 
who I looked up to besides the typical Desmond Howard and uh, Charles Woodson. Then, uh, as I got older, I went to school down south in Alabama, and I was trying to come back home so I could play in front of my family. And the one place I was trying besides Michigan was Ohio State. Yeah. And when I called, I'll never forget it. I just coached Bob Todd. and <laughs> Bob I, Todd. Yeah. And I reached out and I said, hey, you know, I'd love to come back home and play in front of my family. Um, you know, I, I'm okay with just trying out or anything. Like, would you like to look at my numbers, help me out so I can come back home? And the guy just immediately told me he doesn't recruit junior college players. Uh, gave me a reason to hate Ohio State. I'm, Even more. a nice way to say yeah. it. All right. And I continued. And it's funny. I ran into him after being drafted and after the second World Series. And he was like, man, I really should have probably recruited you. And I was like, yeah, you're an idiot. So <laughs> <laughs> kick rocks. I don't care. So that was, that's how that became. So the, I, I guess some big offseason news is Ron Washington's now the manager of the Angels. Yeah, that's that's very yeah, worthwhile reason to applaud. What's your what's your favorite Wash story, Derek Holland? Well, there's a lot. Or Mike Maddox. Uh, well, he's next. Yeah, yeah he's, he's going to get his. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, the one thing, like, to this day, we still have a relationship. I mean, he's, he's literally like dad to me. Uh, we talk periodically. He actually got me an interview for with the angels uh earlier this year and i mean i i was baffled i was shocked that he would do that and it was awesome he helped me out but the one thing that stands out i mean there's a lot of stories i i like this one the most is i was struggling on the mound i wasn't throwing strikes and he came out i'm not repeating what he said uh <laughs> but he reached into my back pocket pulled out my pocket and then walked off the mound and didn't say anything else after that that was it and everybody was like well what was that all about and it was like he was trying to tell me how to throw to home plate, but while he was doing it, he was saying things, and then he pulled out my back pocket to distract me, and then that was it. And the next thing I know, I started throwing strikes. So it helped. I mean, he has different ways of working with guys and, and your personality and who you are. He was a guy that would talk smack to you. He's a guy that would teach you things. He was a guy that, like, he literally cared about his players. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, obviously the World Series speech, talking to me and slapping me on the face was another great moment. I mean, there's... So many different moments with Wash, but he's Wash is one of he's one of one. I mean, yeah, he's, he's no the doubt. man. He's crazy. I met him but, for the first time this last year. He's no, it, when 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 Wash would go to the mound and not Mike, you knew something was you up. knew something was going. On. You knew you knew Wash wanted to say something. Right. I just remember it in Toronto. I don't know if that's when he pulled the. You were you were, you ended up throwing like a three hit shutout, but he went out at one point and. And it was a very one-sided conversation. Yeah, it was because I was fiddle-farting around, as I would say. Uh, I was. The thing is, like, when guys put up runs, and Maddox will say it too, is your job is to go out there and attack right away. And I was not doing that. I was nitpicking. I was trying to, like, just be too perfect. And that's what killed it for me. And then Wash came out and, again, said some really nice things. <laughs> and next thing I know, I was back into my groove, and I took care of business that way. But that's these guys do such a good job of – knowing what you're like as a person and how to relate to you in that aspect. There's, there's ways to go about it, and that's what makes these guys so special. I mean, they're, they know what they're doing. Mike, you got one? Yeah, tell us or a two? story. Yeah, they're more than we can count, all right? But uh, everybody loves Wash and his word power <laughs> and just uh, calling things the way they are and – you know, that's the way baseball bees, and, um, you know, just do what the game asks you to do. 
And he would, you know, as Dutch said, you know, he would fight for his players and he would do anything. Well, I, one of my favorite, just to really, the kind of guy he is and the fire that he has in him. One of the guys was arguing about a, a, a check strike three by the umpire. So the umpire says, yeah, you're gone. And he's like, eh. and Wash does not want to get this guy thrown out of the game. So he goes to hop over to the relin right there, and he gets stuck, and, and he can't get out there. And he, hey, hey, hey. Well, it all diffused, and, and now Wash sits down, and he goes, man, guy, I'm not going to say it, but he, now he done F my shit up. <laughs> so Wash had a pulled hammy where he was trying to hop over to relin like a hockey player. And that, it's the little things like that that are funny with Wash, you know, that, you know, uh, the, the, the game is bigger than you. Just go along for the ride and enjoy it because, um, you know, here he is at 72 years old or yeah, 71 yeah. years old, and he gets a second chance to manage. And Too long. Any, anybody that knows Wash is rooting for him huge, big time. He's one of the better guys that I've met in this game, met a lot of them. And Wash loved him like a brother and wish him nothing but luck, except we're going to kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? But uh, I have a Wash story. Okay. It was the, the 2009 winter meetings, which were in Indianapolis. And it was cold as heck outside. Snow was blowing everywhere. And small lobby at the, the Marriott. And Wash is in line at Starbucks, which he calls Starbuck. And so he, he tells this story. He's standing in line. He gets to the front. He says, I want a cup of coffee. And the lady says, that'll be five something. He goes, I just turned around and walked away. So Ron Washington, who was making handsome dollars, was not going to pay $5 for a damn cup of coffee. And next thing I know, he walks out into the snow. And, and he's gone to get a cup of coffee down the street on the corner for $2. <laughs> <laughs> he's just—he's just a prince. I mean, he—he's uh, just an amazing guy. He was on our podcast in he's, May before the Braves came into town. Right. Hope to have him on again now that he's Angels manager. Absolutely. A, and he was so funny. I mean, just yeah. the stories that come out of that man are unbelievable. And I've heard all of y'all talk about him. Yeah. It was my first time to meet him when we got to the field that night. He—we did it on a Friday. They were in town. We got to the field. We go down on the field before, and I walked over. And he gave me a big hug, like he'd yeah, known right, me. Yeah, and I was fair. just like, wow. Talking to Wash is like the highlight of any day. Oh, it's unbelievable. So, and, and one more story. Uh, he interviews with the Angels. I send him a text message. He gets the job. I send him a text message. Great. No response, no response. He calls me back a couple of days later. He says, when I left Arizona, I hadn't had the job. I got on the plane, went home. When the time I landed, they had hired me, but they hadn't told him. So he found out via text message. Because he had all these congratulation messages, and the angels hadn't told him anything, but the news had broken while he's on the plane. That's just—it's <laughs> pretty funny. I could just see Wash looking at those things on the plane. Yeah. All right, anything else? No. All right, guys. So here's what we're gonna do. Listen, we're gonna do this cordially, please. We're still gonna do the rest of this show. If you're not too loud, we're gonna move them right over here. They're willing to sign some things, guys. One signature per person, if that's okay. We don't want to date them, but guys, you want to come over and sign some autographs for these people? Do you need a refill? Yeah, before you do it, let's fill you up. Need a little courage. But we got two more coming out. And, uh, guys, we want to say this, too. At the very end, we're going to get all of them back out here, and we're going to do a and a with everybody um, afterwards. So just uh, be cordial, get in line, get back out, and we're going to have them back out. But right now, that's going to join us right now, 
We got two more coming out. You know him as the radio. He's, he's part of the radio crew. He was there for that great call. Matt Hicks, let's give it up from, from uh, one of Matt Hicks Radio Broadcast. Hey, 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 hey. Yes, sit right there. And this guy threw the very last pitch in Rangers history for the first World Series either. Everybody, and, and you know what? My, and we're going to talk to him about my favorite story about that. But give it up for Josh Spores, world champion Josh Spores. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if you need those or not. Yeah, you know, oh, you really don't oh, need no, them. Yeah, no, it no. turns out we're right, this we're thing. Good. Is, we yeah. had some technical difficulties. We had some right. difficult. Di that's that's good. Um, so you guys have been spending a lot of, or have been spending a lot of time together. Are going to be spending a lot of time together on the the caravan. Yeah, I, f I feel like we've been assigned to everything together <laughs> because together. we're a team. This past, <laughs> this past week, uh, what was it, Friday, we were in uh, Longview and uh, spent a lot of time with people there. And then uh, coming up on Saturday, we're going to be in Frisco, right? Yeah, we're so, a package deal now. That's yeah. the point. <laughs> so, what, Matt, what's the reception been like compared to past years? I mean, this is a World Series championship. The past couple of years, eh. But even... even before the pandemic and before these two seasons are you the, know, the, yeah it, it's uh it's amazing because i've been with the rangers since 2012 uh, and i'm the same guy but man this offseason i got a lot more friends <laughs> <laughs> than i've ever had before uh the reception is just, it's really different and what's really nice about it and i think josh can speak to this as well is that we go and we're meeting people and we're signing autographs and the number of people that come up and some of them are speechless when they when they get up to the table some of them have a tear in their eye or tears in their eyes and they feel and and they're so overwhelmingly grateful that the Rangers won a world series and they want to let us know and so like people are thanking me for the Rangers winning the World Series. You did a lot, I didn't Matt. get anybody out. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't move any runners. I didn't do a thing other than talk about it on the radio. <laughs> but people are so thankful. They've been Ranger fans for 10 years, 20 years, a lifetime. And uh, and they feel like they need to express this. So yes. to me, that's the overwhelming emotion that we're getting is this sense of of just great thankfulness that the Rangers were able to win this World Series. Yeah. And, and well, and, and, and you know, I'm a longtime Ranger fan. I, I, this is great that I get to do this now. I've been in the media now for five years, but I grew up a Texas Ranger fan. It was emotional. My family will tell you, I, I, I almost went. I was going to go. Jeff and I talked about it. I was going to go. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to stay back. And I told you when we did our show that time, I was like, you guys go ahead and win it, even though I could have been in there for the celebration. I was like, you guys go ahead and win it there. I'll see you at the parade. My heart can't take it. I mean, we got to win this thing. Hey, I got a little tear in my eye. I mean, I've been going. My dad's now deceased. He took me to my first game in 1974, a time you don't even know about. You can't even so imagine. Here I, was, here I was born. Yeah, you, you don't, you <laughs> I don't was even, born in 74. Yeah, you can't even imagine 1974. So, but, uh, you know, and went to games every year. That old stadium that was around that I went to for years ago, that you, that's long before you, that that was there, and, and doing all that. But it is an amazing time. Now, you do a job that... It's like my dream job. How did you get into this? Well, you told me you were studying to be a teacher. 
Yeah. So what happened? Yeah, so I have a degree in social studies education. I thought <laughs> I thought when I was going to uh, college that uh, that I was going to be a history teacher and a coach. Okay. Uh, I knew uh, athletically uh, my, my career as an athlete pretty much was done when I didn't make the basketball team at my high school. But then again, the basketball team at my high school was really good. We had a guy named Thurl Bailey. Oh man! Oh my who, who went on? Who went on to play for NC State's 1983 national right. championship uh, team? He also played in the NBA for about 15 years. We had eight guys from my high school play college basketball. So basketball was the thing. I, I couldn't quite make it. So I knew I wasn't going to be an athlete, but I thought that I could perhaps have a career as a teacher and a coach. And so academically, that's what I prepared for when I went to the University of Maryland. But Maryland also had a student had a campus radio station, which was student run. Okay, and so all you had to do was basically you had to audition with other students, uh, and you were selected by students. And fortunately, as a freshman at Maryland, I got chosen to work on the sports staff. And my very first year, I had a guy that really liked what I did who picked me to join him doing play-by-play of Maryland baseball. Oh and wow! That okay. was that was 1979, and before you even can imagine again, that, way either. before again. Josh, I was I was four or five, uh, <laughs> and so I was terrible at it. I have to be honest yeah. with, with baseball, but back then, what I wanted to do was hockey, and so I eventually became our lacrosse announcer. And for three years, I did play-by-play of Maryland lacrosse. Thought I was going to get in the NHL deal. I became friends with Ron Weber who back then was the voice of the Washington Capitals. We developed a friendship which lasts until this day. Ron is now in his 90s and, and living up in Massachusetts, but we stay in touch. Um, so that's kind of like what got me started. But I knew at an early age that this was something I wanted to do. And the first time I ever tried play-by-play, this is an honest-to-goodness true story, I was in the sixth grade. A good friend of mine and I decided we were going to record our version of the Super Bowl. Nice. When I was in sixth grade, this was Super Bowl six. Now, I'm growing up in the D.C. suburbs. If, if you're a Cowboys fan, you know what I'm talking about. Super Bowl six was the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Oh, yeah. And the, and the Cowboys won it rather convincingly, like 24 to 3. And so my friend and I, what we decided to do was we took that day's Washington Post. It had the rosters of both teams. I had a cassette recorder, which, of course, back then was huge. Yeah, the big push the button. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we set up this cassette recorder in my house. My dad let the, my friend David and I do this, and we That'd split it up. I, like, I did two quarters. My friend did two quarters. And I still have those tapes, and I haven't listened to them. Oh, my gosh. But back in sixth grade, I knew that play-by-play was something I wanted to do. So maybe... If I can find those tapes, yeah, yeah, we'll I can, I can, I can uh, bring them to you guys. For sure, you can hear a little. We got to do it. Matt we'll, Hicks, sixth grade play by play. Absolutely, we'll play it. We'll play it on there. Josh, we got to get you in here. Go ahead. When did when did you know you wanted to be a major league baseball yeah. player? <laughs> it was after nineteen seventy nine, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, like six or seven. Uh, my brother is nine years older than me. Uh, he got drafted out of high school. And uh, kind of immediately wanted to do what he did, so I just followed in his foot tra- uh, footprints, um, footsteps. Sorry, um, Prince works. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, pretty early. Dad was always there to motivate me and keep me going, and yeah, the rest was history. 
I mean, you you went to college, Virginia or start Virginia. We ended Maryland season two years in a row. <laughs> there, there you go. go. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've talked about the great Charlottesville restaurant, the White Spot. Yeah. But how much? How did college help you? Be, become a if you hadn't gone to college, would that have been? Would today have been Just, possible? Uh, I guess. I learned a lot from my brother, that being that he didn't go to college and he was just kind of immature. And I knew that minor league life is pretty challenging in general. Uh, and if you're not prepared mentally, you know, financially, just kind of everything, you're, you just got to be an adult. And he wasn't, so I was afraid I was going to do the same thing. So I ended up going to college. I also wasn't nearly as good as he was okay. at the time. Okay. Um, who, who who wants to hear about the last pitch? <laughs> Tell the story, though. You did not think you were going to be out there. Uh, yeah, I did a uh, finish the eighth inning. Uh, I could barely stand. Uh, it was one nothing ball game. Fist pumped, figuring I was done. And uh, I walked in, and Mad Dog either gives you a high five or a handshake or a slap on the butt. And so I was waiting for that handshake to tell me my day was over. And uh, he slapped me in my butt and told me I'm going back out. So I said, ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, you know, at the time it was one nothing, so it was still pretty tense. Um, but uh, thank God our offense dropped a four spot on them. Uh, made, made going back out there a lot easier. Um, but you still kind of thought you were only going to go out and face one guy. Yeah, I, I knew the matchup for the first guy was a good matchup for me uh, instead of LeClaire. Got him out, waiting for uh, Bochi to come get me out. Didn't get me. I got the second guy out. Didn't get me. And I was like, all right, well, let's finish this. I got Jonah, you know, behind home plate telling me to take a deep breath. You know, I'm losing it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, finish the game. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you'd gotten a last out before, a big last out before. Hadn't you at Virginia? You'd gotten a uh, that was game two. Okay, <laughs> but still, so this this was just none were bigger had, than you, that. This one. is something you don't rehearse. That never came to your mind. What am I going to do? Not once. Uh, Leclerc had closed every game, so I figured they were going to give it to him. Um, Get a little you closer. Know, there, you know, just in the moment, you're not really thinking about what you're going to do. You're, you're worried about the next guy. I know that's kind of cliche to say, but. Uh, you know, you, you, nothing was really planned. I was just trying to not pass out, you know, <laughs> try to not embarrass myself. But, uh, yeah, I just, uh, that was what came to my mind when I did the glove spike. Uh, I think Daniel Hudson may have done it, uh, with the Nats and that was my team growing up. So I figured I'd copy him. He's a really good dude. So he, he, he also did. liked the Washington team growing up, but well, it was, well, but, but it was the, the senators. senators. Yeah. 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 Which eventually became the Rangers. Which eventually became the Rangers. Yeah, so for me, I didn't even know back when I was 10 years old that you could move a baseball team. <laughs> and when I heard that the Washington team was being purchased and was going to be moved to Arlington, Texas, number one, I mean, when you're 10 years old and all you've ever done is lived in the mid-Atlantic, I'm like, where is Arlington, Te what is Texas? I didn't even know. And then the team up and left... And I'm like, I, I can't support a sport where you're allowed to buy a team and move it. And so those early 70s years, I completely just 
did away with baseball. You were I, hockey. I, well, no, it wasn't necessarily hockey. At the time, it was Maryland basketball and football that I really latched onto. And then the Washington Capitals came to town in 1974. And then that's when I started really getting into hockey and becoming a huge hockey fan. But I, I, had, I had sworn off baseball. It wasn't going to be a thing ever again until a friend of mine from high school who was a huge Orioles fan, he was from Delaware originally, right. um, and we both could drive uh, in high school. He's like, let's go to Orioles games. And so we would drive up the Baltimore-Washington Parkway and go see the Orioles of the late 70s and early 80s. And if you know anything about baseball yeah. history, those were some really good teams. Oh, yeah. They went to that? the World Series in 79 and 83. Uh, they won games. it in 83. And that's what got me back into baseball. Well, Josh has read about that, maybe watched videos. <laughs> he was not around when that happened. So so you're, you've been throwing. Like, you took two weeks off, right? You're off a mound right now? Are you are you eager to get, get back to... I'm really reaching back about... Topping out at 88 right now. So, nice. You know, 10 more to go. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it all comes back. Uh, but, but yeah, but you feel you gear. feel good. You don't feel any fatigue from the. Feel fine. Uh, you know, just getting older. Uh, but yeah, ready to go again. All just right, another year. So so are we? When are you getting there? The spring training. Arizona, yeah. Uh, the 11th. The 11th. All right. A couple two days. Two days before me. Yeah. All right. One last story I want to hear from him too. Was which was a great story. We asked about the video. How many times have you watched the video of you throwing the last pitch? That's not your favorite videos, though. No, you like I, the I, other ones. I liked what the fans were celebrating. I mean, we were kind of stuck in a clubhouse full of cameras, and you guys were able to do some electric stuff. I mean, fireworks, people jumping on tables, <laughs> beer showers. You know, they had a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, I appreciated what you guys did, you know, seeing the tears, you know, being able to bring that type of stuff. To this fan base, you know that, that's what means the world to me. You had some beer showers, though. I was I was there. A few. I, I saw About some four. beer showers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And John, while he's drinking his beer, let's round this. Let's let's uh, finish this one off here. Okay. All right, guys. Well, listen, we're going to end this part of it. We're going to come back and do some Q and A later. We'll move these guys over. Everybody, give a big round of applause for Matt Hans yeah. and Josh Moore's. Again, if you're not taking care of those bartenders and waitresses, take care of those guys. Big thanks to Hop and Sting for putting this together for us. Give them a round of applause for making this possible for us.